Welcome back to Cover Zero. We have a lot to discuss. First of all, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Doing well, doing well. I'm doing great. Good. I want to get right into it because we have a lot to discuss and I want to get to this Monday night football game that we watched that was one of the most entertaining games that I've, not even just Monday, just games in general that I have seen in a long time. Um, I want to start with Henry since your Ravens came out with the W. So um, just give me a little bit of insight of what you liked about what you saw from your team yesterday. You know, I love the fight that we had. It was crazy because I was watching this game in my car the whole time because I had to help out help out the little boo thing, do some stuff. So it, I was going hectic throughout the whole time in the car. You know, we had the lead. LJ gets the cramps, go out. Trace McSorley comes in. It was just a lot going on. I, I'll tell you one thing. I didn't like I didn't like us giving up those 40, 42 points on the defensive side of the ball. I didn't like yeah. a lot of the missed tackles that I was seeing from, from our, our secondary. Um, I didn't like those three drops that Marquise Brown was was doing. And, you know, oh he, it, it's funny yeah. for him because he was the one that wanted to go on Twitter and talk all this mess. But then when your opportunity comes, you're not even showing up. You know, He's dropped like five passes since that rant on Twitter. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so it pissed me off. But he did come up clutch for that one touchdown late in the game. I'll give him that. But those three drops that he did have were very, very critical drops. So it, it, it just that really irritated me. But other than that, it, it just seems like in order for us to be in games, LJ got to be Superman, honestly. And Gus Edwards, he was doing his thing. I love what I saw from the running game. And it seems like they're, which I've been wanting, been, been uh, getting Mark Ingram not too much involved because J.K. and Gus Edwards have just been way better runners than what we've been seeing from Mark Ingram so far this year. You know, he was very explosive last year. I don't know, it just seemed like he doesn't have that same juice that he did last year. So I'm glad that they're finally realizing that it needs to be J.K. and Gus getting, like, the majority of the carry. So I did love that. But, like I said, the only thing I didn't like, I didn't like us giving up 42 points. I didn't like us having a lead and then uh, twice. And I understand, you know, one of the times they came back was when LJ, got, you know, wasn't in the game. So, right. but I did love what I saw from offense. I love the fight. I love how – I love the drive that LJ did, both the last drives, the one that would give us a lead. And then the one that would get Justin Tucker in field goal position. I'm just gonna say Justin Tucker is probably the best kicker to ever play this game. I easily, love I would him. say he, he's the best. Kicker. He is so love damn good. Ever ice in his leg. You know what I'm saying? He's just so, so damn good. So like when I knew we were in field goal range, I already knew we were good. I had all the confidence in the world in him. As you yeah. should, absolutely, you should. absolutely. Yeah. So, so those are the pluses that I did like from the game. Like I said, and we could just shore up some things on the. On the defensive side of the ball, maybe we can make some type of run, hopefully. But I, I, honestly, you know these next, you know these next three games aren't too t- aren't too hard. Hopefully, maybe we can rest a Calais Campbell, rest a what uh, rest a, a Brandon Williams, you know, so they, maybe they can get to one hundred percent healthy if we do uh, make the playoffs. So there's a lot of pluses that came out of this game. So I'm, I'm very proud of that Brown, uh, of, of our, our victory versus these Browns because you know we already know how these divisional games can be. So. Mm-hmm. And the Browns been pretty tough this year, so those would be the pluses that I that I like uh, that I saw from uh, from the Ravens yesterday. Definitely, and you know what I saw 
too, is that as good as this game was for both teams, you still saw room for improvement. Like there are still little things that you both could improve on entering playoffs. So it's not like that was a peak. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. You know, with me, yeah, it it was a good, it was a good win for the Ravens. I think it was a must. It was more, obviously more of a must win for the Ravens than it was for the Browns, obviously seeing where the Browns are at their, at at their uh, position. But yeah, I mean, you you got to give it to LJ. I, I don't think he had a, a great game, but he had a really good game, and it was you know he came up in the clutch, you know, literally in the clutch. Like they said, you know, he pulled a Superman move. It literally was that, you know, they was on fourth down, you know, and he was out because of the uh, was it the the cramps? I think it was, and they had you know McSurely uh, over there playing QB, so it it looked a little like man, if they. If they don't complete it here, this game might be over. And he came just in the nick of time. And then he ended up getting hurt, you know, the quarterback ended up getting hurt. So he came right in time, man, and and made a, a, a clutch pass to Marquise Brown, who, like Henry said, was just playing terrible the whole game, you know. And, and that's what gets me with him. Just like Henry said, you know, on, on Twitter, you complaining about either – he really wasn't being specific on who he was talking about, but – him not getting the rock, you know, if it's on the OC or if it's on LJ or whatever. The point is, is he didn't really make it clear, but he was disappointed about that, you know. And now he's getting the ball and he's and he's dropping the ball. So I mean, you you have to catch, especially easy passes. So that was good to see for him. But yeah, and like you said, Brandy too, you definitely want to be able to, you know, improve on some of the things. I think the Ravens. I think. You know, outside of the the offensive identity that, you know, I've kind of talked about all season, the defense to me, in a sense, sometimes it's, it's, it's you know, it's not as good as it should be. I, I was and, and it's a good defense, but, you know, you just wouldn't expect some of these high scoring games. Obviously, 42 points is the most that they've let up this whole season, you know, but there are a couple games where they've had high in the 20s. And, 30, and it, sometimes it happens. You know, it happens. I know in, in a lot of teams that went through the COVID and injuries and things like that. So you definitely want to see them get better, tighten up on defense because the talent is there. You know, it's, it's not like the talent is not there. The talent is there for sure. So they just got to tighten up on that. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good game. And then even with Baker, although, you know, they lost, Baker I thought had a really, really good game. You know, I gave him, I gave him credit when he did what he did versus Tennessee. But to do that versus the Ravens, was really impressive. And, you know, I picked the Browns. I picked the Browns to win this game. It was hard for me to really pick the Browns because I ain't never picked the Browns versus the Ravens ever, you know. But because they played a really impressive game versus Tennessee, although we talked about how bad their defense has been, um, especially their secondary, it still was impressive. So for them to come into this one right here and for Baker to do what he did again and actually, in a sense, almost have uh, almost a better game, they're kind of – you know, it's basically the same type of game. He really the, – the, the way he played last week is almost the same way he played this week. You got to give it to him, man. So that was really impressive. And they look they look a lot more balanced too, which, you know, again, going back to Baker, he's been kind of – you know, he's been inconsistent, you know, basically his whole career so far since he's been in the league. And so far over the last few weeks here, he's been – he's been consistent and the offense has been – has been consistent. And I think that's helped because this offense has really been about the run game, you know, run, 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 Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, and then Baker, you know, get things, he, he, then he starts to get things going. 
but it's to the point now where it looks like there's times where he's taking over the game, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to to Cleveland, but yeah, this one definitely goes to the Ravens. That was a really, really uh, needed win for them, you know. So, yeah, that that was good. That's that's what I seen from the game. Uh, yeah. and probably definitely the the most entertaining game too, like Brandy said. I, I just want to throw one more thing out there. I still don't understand why the hell Wink is blitzing Marlon Humphrey. I I just don't <laughs> fucking get it. I don't see. I never seen Revis blitz. You know what I'm saying? I just don't understand how you have your best corner, your best player in your secondary blitz. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, he's yeah. still been doing that, and the, the effectiveness has gone down a little yeah, bit more. I don't, I don't understand like, it. Yeah, teams are expecting it too now. Yeah, so you kind of, you know, it's, so it's, it's like Wink, you you gotta stop that bullshit, man. Mm-hmm. That's like his mo, though. It's like just blitzing from whoever, whenever. You know, that's kind of just always what he's been with. But I'm, I mean, I'm with you at this point. I'd back off that now, especially as you guys started to you know towards the end of the game, you had to put Anthony Levine out there to play in the slot. You know, just because of other injuries that were occurring in the secondary, and you want your lockdown corner to do what he's best at. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you there. I'm with you there 100%. My takeaways from the game aren't too different from what you guys were talking about at all. I mean, the the one thing I liked to see a lot, though, was Lamar running when he had it, like, available to him, but not, like, leaning on it like a crutch. Right. You know, that was more of just that he looked – and it was more like, you know, he was that dynamic player in the open field when he did take off to do so. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. And just the amount of rushing touchdowns between these two teams in this game, like such a high-scoring game, you think it's like – onslaughts through the air which like you brought up josiah baker was definitely doing that he looked he looked very in control moment was not too big for him even late in the game he was decisive he was eliminating reads that weren't there and coming off to like his check down with good timing and he just looked like he as he looked like he's taking that next step in some way just with his comfort in that offense and yeah justin tucker and the ravens are a little too much late and just the way lamar came back after the there's speculation as to whether or not it was cramps or he had to go and pull up Paul Pierce as he's talked about. Right. But the way that he came back out there, though, it was like I was sitting there and I was watching it with my fiance, and she's like, and I was like, oh, the quarterback had to go out. He's out and they need to come back. And then it's the fourth down. McSorley goes down. Oh, no. And she's like, then who do they put in? And, I'll, and then, like, here he comes. And she's like, this is like a movie. And I'm like, yeah, it pretty much is. It's like here comes yeah. the hero at the end. And then in that first play, he roll out and hit hit Hollywood who actually caught the ball. It was yeah. just really, it was just really cool to see that ending. Yeah. And just to know that that happened then the Rams and not the Rams, but the Browns came down and then they scored. And then after that, then the Ravens got the ball back and then Tucker kicked it in and just, yeah, it was, it was an excellent finish. And I think games like this on Monday night, especially one to include the Browns, even though they lost, there's no moral victories within the NFL. There definitely isn't. But I don't feel like if you're a Browns fan, especially considering how much they are still alive in the AFC playoff race, that you feel like this was a bad showing and you're disappointed in your team. Sure, you wish you would have won, but you right. played against a solid team in a just a, a slugfest of a game, and you left everything out there on the field, and you know, you'll know go try to make changes on the chalkboard going forward so that maybe, p- potentially, you see them in the playoffs again. So, But yeah, real, real solid game, real fun one. For me, it wasn't my favorite favorite game of the year there's a few i like had thought were a little bit better but this one was definitely like it had everything like just yeah. whoa that play whoa that play whoa and it was just non-stop entertaining mm-hmm. yeah i agree definitely agree let's move into this thursday night game we have a divisional matchup 
Raiders and Chargers. Now, a part of me, listen to this, guys. Be cool. A part of me (laughs) wants to say Raiders, hands down, duh, right? Right. I mean, the Chargers, they play good games. However, they don't know how to close them. My thing is, is not only is this a divisional game, but you guys have some good games against each other. The Raiders and the Chargers, especially I can remember, is it the last three times matchups you guys have had? Have been like what? One point, I mean, one score game? Yeah. So I I, I mean, I, I want to be like, oh, Raiders, duh. You can't choose anybody else. But this one is going to be a pretty good one in my opinion as well what do you guys think and let's start with jay what do you think about this matchup this is this is gonna be a tough one you know uh like you just said and like henry said previously you know with rivalry games you just don't know and our last time we played them last few times we played them but you know specifically the last one it was uh it was it was a close it literally came down to one play and, uh, you know, one play being made with the defensive end, you know, him stripping the ball out, knocking the ball out, if you want to say, and it going to us. But, I mean, it really came down to the wire. And so th- I, I expect this de- – this it's crazy because we just – obviously we talked about it on the last podcast. We fired Paul Gunther. We got Rob Marinelli coming in here. It's going to be interesting to see if – if there's anything creative he really can do, obviously he needs a whole off season. I don't even know if he'll be the, you know, the the full term defensive coordinator after this season ends. But, you know, he's coming in as an interim, so he doesn't have the off season to really implement his plays and things like that. So it's gonna be interesting to see what he can do in the next few days here. But this is this is gonna be a game, man. And with a lot of injuries on both both teams, we're both mm-hmm. dealing with injuries and COVID, you know, rugs. I think he's on a COVID list officially now. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we've had injuries all through the defense, you know, our net with his concussion, you know, Abram, I think now has a concussion. He had a knee last game. I think that's that's part of the reason why he played poorly, you know, and then, you know, just players beat up, you know, I think Nick, our linebackers hurt. Obviously we have a couple hurt defensive linemen. So when that being Farrell and Collins, although Collins hasn't been playing that well, you know, but anyway, yeah, we we were dealing with injuries for sure, and so are they. So this is this is gonna be a this is gonna be a good game, a tight game. You know, I'm expecting really. I think at this point, the offense really just got to say, you know what, let's just, you know, we they have to put in their minds, and it sucks, you know, but they have to put in our mind their minds that we just got to win the rest of these games. Like we can't worry about all oh, the defense getting a stop or anything like that. And it's no disrespect to the players. But they just haven't played well enough. And they got an interim defensive coordinator in there that hasn't had time to really – he's not going to have time to really do anything different. So it's really going to come down to the offense. Offense is going to have to, you know, play top-level football. That's the quarterback, the running back, the offensive line, you know, and people they're going to have to get healthy too. And they're going to have to get off the COVID list and things like that to really finish off these next few games. So I'm expecting a high-scoring game. I'm expecting a high-scoring game for sure. And I want to – one thing I will say, too, I want to see us get back to the run game. You know, I know, you know, Carr likes the audible out of some certain plays. I know Gruden likes to he's, – he's getting more comfortable throwing, letting Carr throw the ball deep, you know, obviously having the weapons now or whatever. But it just seems like over the last few weeks we've kind of gotten away 
from the run. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Josh was out versus the Jets. So I understand that we tried to run a little bit with Devontae, you know, but we just really need to get back to that. That's our bread and butter. We've been really good at, at doing that. And see, what gets me frustrated sometimes is you'll see Josh run for about a good seven yards, eight yards. And then after that, the next few plays is all passing plays. So, you know, I really want to see us really run the ball more. And I, like I said, I know he's playing hurt. But if that's the case, if he runs for eight yards, you know, let Booker come in and let him finish finish it off, you know, and get the first down, you know. So that's what I really want to see from this game. I want to see us get back to running the ball and the offense understanding that, you know, hey, look, we got to we gotta carry this team for the next few games and just see what happens. You know, like Gruden said, can't really worry about they, – they can't, us fans, you know, we, we, we're going to stick to our predictions of what we think. But the players, they don't need to be thinking like that. They just need to worry about – they don't need to be thinking about the playoffs, that is. They need to just worry about the teams in front of them. They got the Chargers this week. They got Miami after that. And they got the Broncos. So that's what they need to, you know, that's what they need to really focus on. And that offense just need to understand that they may be the ones that the, the unit that carry this team. So that's that's what I that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I could definitely see, agree. See I agree with that. I think especially as a team on the bubble or just you know, at the top, at the bottom, in the middle, just like my Washington team, taking it game by game is key because you can't get too ahead of yourself or you Mm -hmm. start to, you know, lose games and games that you could have won. So I definitely, I think that was a good point. Jordan, how about you? Give me your thoughts on it. The short of this game is the short answer for how this game will unfold is I think the Raiders are a better team with more to play for at this juncture in the season. The Raiders are still alive in the playoff race while the Chargers are more or less playing for next season and just kind of seeing which guys they might want to hang on to as they go into 2021. You know, the core guys, but who are the fringe guys that they might want to use to plug in gaps? Then who else are they going to move on from? Raiders, on the other hand, we're looking at – mainly how can we finish out this season regardless of playoffs or not i feel like 10 and 6 is a really good stamp and a step in the right direction whether or not those other things with other teams winning take care of themselves or not this team going 10 and 6 with the holes that have existed on defense and whatever have you with injuries and covid that would be that'd be a real solid way to exit out the year and take that momentum going forward into 2021 the long answer i would say or like the more in-depth look at it is these two coaches, Gruden and Anthony Lynn, I feel like there's a significant advantage for John Gruden because as the year has gone on, and I've defended Anthony Lynn, and especially watching this last episode of Hard Knocks, he seems like a guy that at least from a someone who's under the helmet and in the cleats would like to play for, just his mentality. However, throughout the course of this year, he's made so many decisions over and over and over again to the point to where I cannot any any longer defend the guy. With just the simply going into the year and seeing the way that Tyrod Taylor looked And then Herbert comes in, which wasn't a coach decision. That wasn't medically necessary. And then to after all that occur, then still simply say, oh, I don't know who we're going to start. Then as the season has gone along, numerous blunders late in the game with clock management, play calling decisions, what he chooses to go to when he needs to come back, just all these different things that coaches, you see good ones be able to take advantage and put their team in better positions to win the game. And then you see other ones not take advantage of that. I think Gruden is that aggressor who understands how to put his team in those positions, whereas Anthony Lynn is a guy that's just too stuck in his ways. And right now, Anthony Lynn may not be one of those guys who's left on that team next year. We'll see if they elect to move on from him. 
But for this game specifically, the Raiders offense, just like you said, Josiah, this is the engine that's going to carry the team. Offensive line, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, and the complemental weapons that are all available. It was good to see Foster Morrow get going, and I think he could be a valuable piece going forward just to play opposite and second fiddle from Darren Waller because a lot of teams know he is a huge, huge, huge weapon on this squad. So, yeah, just getting back to certain elements of what this team wants to do. Granted, a lot of that, I think, to me, at least from watching these games, is like the game script gets away from Gruden, and then the offense feels like they have to press to be able to make up for the defense's lack of ability to stop anybody. So more as we as as this game approaches, the Chargers are a team that I definitely think the Raiders are better than. They'll be able to win up front, especially like within the trenches. The Chargers have had their injuries on the offensive line, as they usually always seem to have. And this would be a really good game for the Raiders defensive line and the pass rush to be able to get right against them. We saw this occur last year on a Thursday night game when Cleveland Farrell was unlocked, when Eric Harris had numerous interceptions. Granted, that's a different team and this is this one. But I still think the Raiders are in a position to be able to take advantage of that Chargers that Chargers unit overall. Herbert's going to do Herbert. He's too good to not, especially against the Raiders defense. That's pretty lackluster. But I still like Las Vegas to be able to put up more points and stay at home, not have to necessarily travel. Not that it's too far to come up from L.A. But nonetheless, you get to sleep in your own bed and you get to play at home. So uh, give me the Raiders in this one. I like the score. I like 31-24. That's a good one. It's definitely going to be high scoring. Yeah. Like every game. Yeah. <laughs> it's high scoring. Yeah, 24 might be like – I mean, there's going to be a boost in just morale and the way the team approaches the game defensively with, with Gunther being gone. They're just, there usually is, and you have that type of coaching change, and you get that stench of that coach and the same thing he's preached over and over and over again that hasn't worked. The players are going to get a little bit of motivation to be able to be like, look – it was a lot of these schemes. It wasn't necessarily our ability. And anytime you have something like that, the players are going to pounce on that opportunity. So I like it to be like 24-ish. See, I do agree with you to a certain extent. You're you're right. Normally when you make coaching change, especially a head coaching change, you see the spark the very next game. But two things. For one, it's a, it's a short week. True. And then the thing that – the problem that I've had with, with Rod is that the defensive line has been – trash i mean it's been probably the worst unit on the actual on the on the, on the team and he was coaching the, off the defensive line and that that worries me just a tad bit i i was hearing this talk from the player before the season started max i think was one of them that spoke like oh now we're able just to play free we're able just to do what we, you know kind of not think too hard and just you know go after the qb and do that and do that you know and it was another player that said the same thing <laughs> and then here we are today and, and we're, one, we're one of the worst as far as getting yeah. to the qb so that that worries me just a tad bit. I, I I've heard that though about Rod. I've, John Gruden also mentioned it about his energy and uh, and about him being a great teacher and things like that and just having a different voice. But I, I I gotta I gotta see it. But you're right. Normally that's what you see. It's just that if we're going off his resume so far this year, that defensive line was I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. Compa- especially compared to what uh, Brinston Bucker, Buckner. Did last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, both you and I agree. We didn't want to get rid of the guy. Right, right, right. So, Anything you want to add to that, Henry? Yeah, uh, I I got the Raiders winning this game as well. But just like you guys alluded to, I think it's going to be – Going to be closer, you know. You know, it's funny. They have Justin Herbert throwing the ball a lot. Just last game, I think he threw, what, about 44 times. 
versus the Falcons. And, you know, they have a good back over there in Austin Eckler, but they seem like they just always just let him – let it rip out there. And uh, I think that's going to be towards your guys' advantage because I think that you guys can probably maybe get a turnover or two, you know, because like, just like you guys alluded to, you guys just fired your defensive coordinator, so you got a whole kind of different scheme going to be coming that he, you know, not haven't seen on film. So, and you got, and of course, Justin Herbert, he's been starting since about week two, week three, so there's plenty of film on him. So, and I, and I agree with Josiah 100%. I think you guys definitely got to get back to that running game because that running game, it opens up so much more. You're going to, you know, it would hit those play action, hit Darren Waller, you know, over the middle, hit Henry Ruggs uh, deep if if he has time. To, will he have time to play or no? Uh, it's, I don't think he will because of the short week. No. Just okay. Okay. You need, you need okay. five days. Been different. Right. Okay, right, right, right. I know that's what we do. still got Brian Edwards. I mean, yeah. that's something yeah. I've been waiting to really see on the field, you know. So, and then Nelson's playing. But, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so, yeah. For Byron, Byron Edwards' college days, he definitely can, can take the, the top over the right. as well. So, and, and he's a jump ball guy too. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah you can definitely utilize him. But, yeah, I think you definitely get back to the run game. Hit, hit guys with that play action, and I think you can definitely – because them linebackers, they're definitely going to be coming up, and you'll have a lot of stuff over the middle. So mm-hmm. definitely get that run game going. And just like you said, it's not like the run game has been ineffective. It's very effective. Yeah, bro, that's – yeah. That's, we just pull it and going away from it. Yeah, that's, I, I, I remember that's the shit Baltimore be doing too. I just – if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's why I wasn't right. mad about – That's why I wasn't mad about until those last two drives that LJ only had like seven passes because the run game was working. I don't care. I don't care. You know what I mean? If the run game is successful, keep doing it. Don't stop right. it just because, you know, okay, maybe they're catching or not. We're, we're popping about six or seven yards per carry. Keep going at it. So, yeah, yeah definitely get back to the run game. I'll, I'll definitely go to Raiders this game. I'll go Raiders uh, 30. I'll go 30 to 24. Yeah, I didn't even get my score. I'm going to do the same. Uh, 33. I'm going to say 33. I'm going to say 33, 27. 33, 27. Yeah, it's gonna be a high one. We're Raiders are favored by three and a half in the over. I'm surprised we favored. Be honest. Yeah, I mean, I just think like you see all these blunders late in the game from Anthony Lynn. Like, did you see <laughs> yeah. what you, know, you <laughs> did at the end of the first half last week, bro? Like, no, you you're right. It's just that I mean, it, I don't know, man. If you look at our last few games, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you look at yeah. our last few games, it's been it's been tough. You know what I mean? And and it shouldn't have been that tough. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get blown out. Right. So, and because we played them so tight the last time, mm-hmm. you know, that that's why I, but me, you, I mean, again, I ain't never going to pick the charges <laughs> over my squad. So, I mean, I, no. I got to put it, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, you know, I'm surprised the media ain't, you know, I'm surprised that we're favored, you know? Yeah. I think because a lot of people probably, it's like when, when Vegas sets those lines, it's always like looking at who might bet where and kind of what's the pulse of the nation in terms of the the betting world. I do right. think they got it more or less at a good number for the over under with 53. So I think that's that's a pretty cool little number to have, like where you'd pick, because definitely thinking it's going to be high scoring when they're picking it above 50. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, guys, let's move into Sunday football action. Um, let's start with the Seahawks versus Washington football team. I'm actually going to ask you guys first what okay. you think about this one. And I will start this time with Henry. You know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Seattle, but I think if Washington does win this game, I won't be surprised because 
You just, well, first of all, that that defense over there, you know that defense is going to show up. My only issue is, are they going to is the offense going to be able to put up enough points to pretty much stay with Russell Wilson? Mm-hmm. You know that that game versus the the Giants, where where the Giants beat the Seahawks, you know, it, it kind of showed a lot of things that uh, kind of exposed the, the exposed the Seahawks. You know that that defense was getting after Russell Wilson, and like I said, the Giants defense isn't even as close as to what the Washington is going to put on the football field. Especially with Ron Rivera over there, you know everybody knows he's a defensive-minded guy. He's going to definitely have his defense ready to come and play. But my only issue, like I said, my only issue is will because is Alex Smith playing? Yes or no? That's my issue. There's a lot of questionable players. Who's playing? A lot of questionable. Dwayne. Dwayne. Has to be starting if Alex Smith is out. It's well, they're saying they're optimistic he can. Right now, Alex sits at questionable. Okay. But if he can't go, then it's Dwayne again. But you're right. It's kind of crazy where we're at, where Alex Smith playing is like changes the per- the perception of the game. Because it's like, right. we already know how, how it ended with Dwayne Haskins. You know, we thought he wanted, you know, the trade requested because he wasn't happy with him being moved to third string. So it's like, how does he really feel right now? Like, is he really mentally ready to play? So it's a lot of question marks with that. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I, I, I'm going to go Seattle. I think they'll – Continue to roll. You know, they, they pounced on the Jets easy. Everybody knew that was going to be coming. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Seattle. I'll, give, mm, I'll go 30 to 23. Like I said, I think Russell Wilson is going to – Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf uh, Tyler Lockett, I think they're all going to be making the plays. I think they're going to get that run game going to try to neutralize that that pass rush, honestly, because that, that's what, what the defense's biggest strength is, is the Washington – pass rush. So I think they're going to try to run the ball to try to neutralize it, maybe throw a couple screens here to try to keep the the pass rushers on edge. So I think that's probably what, what Seattle's game plan is going to be. So I'm going to go Seahawks here. Jordan. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I would say I got I to gotta still go Seahawks as well. I got to go Seahawks as well. And just ultimately, while this – the Seattle defense has actually changed throughout the course of this year. There was like a point where we were just talking about them setting records and being so bad. And mm-hmm. I want to say it was around that 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 Thursday night game against Arizona where something just clicked. Jamal Adams came back and the way they use him on the blitz seemed to it was just from that point on they look like a, the unit we at least expected them to look like going forward. Now right. they put, so and so now when they go into this game, I think that allows them to be in a better standing to be able to lean on the defense and Russ doesn't have to be Superman. But at the same time, it would be nice if he was still cooking to the rate that he was before. And when they did lose to the Giants, the Giants, their recipe is on defense, at least get pressure with four and play decent to solid coverage on the back end with your back seven. And that's and the front four pressure that can be applied by Washington. Give me that front four over the Giants front four. Yeah, right. So right. right, like 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 there was like there was that clip. I don't know if you guys saw in the uh, the mic'd up where like because Chase is. I mean, he's just he's looking yeah. amazing. He's looking yeah. amazing right now. Every every bit of the part. I remember we were going over like, would you redo the pick or whatever? Mm-hmm. That's the right. That's the dude. Like you have a guy who will see an All Pro, multiple All Pro seasons in his future. Right, he, he's that type of difference maker on the front. When you can get that guy, go get that guy. There'll be a quarterback down the road later on. However, there was that clip on the uh, Wired for Sound where where Mike Tomlin like walks up to him 
And he goes up to Chase and he says, I will never get a guy like you, man. I will never get a guy like you. And Chase kind of looked at him funny at first. And he's like, what? And Mike goes, yeah, man, I got to lose too many damn games to get a guy like you. And I'm never going to lose that many games. (laughs) 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 Right. It's like he is that type of difference maker. He was advertised as it. And as a rookie, he is showing it. And it's he's going to make a huge impact and he's going to get to rest along with whoever else you have out there. Deron Payne mixing it in with those other guys. Montez Sweat's making a couple of big plays whenever he can mix it up in there. And you got some other guys on the back end that are playing pretty well. So I do think it's a better game because a lot of people look at the NFC East as the NFC least for a very long time mm-hmm. and throughout the course of this year. But you have a lot of teams as the season has gone along that are playing better. So I think if you were to cut the season in half and look at the second half versus the first half that we have seen thus far, the interpretation of what the NFC East leader is would be much different if you could erase just that start of the season. And so I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm I'm really liking, though, the Seahawks' ability just with the playmakers they have on the outside and Russell Wilson to be able to do more than whether it's Alex Smith or Dwayne Haskins leading that Washington offense. I do think Terry McLaurin's going to have a much better week this week, provided, of course, that Alex gets in there. He always seems to produce anyways. Mm-hmm. But I like this score to be – give me the Seahawks at about – give me – Give me 27 to 20, Seattle. It's close. Wow. It's close. 27-20, Seattle. That would put Seattle covering the six-point line uh, overall. But, yeah, 27-20, Seattle. Yeah, give me Seattle, man. I But this is a tough game. This is a scary game for Seattle because mm-hmm. Washington, you know, we, we, we talked about them and how well they've been playing and the win streak they've been on. And that monster, like you guys brought it up, that defensive line, you know, and that's been the issue lately for the last few games with uh, with Seattle, being able to protect Russ. You know, he's been getting sacked a lot, you know, and now you're going against one of the best, if not the best defensive line in the league. So I think that's what makes it real, real interesting. I, I just think because of the QBs, you just don't know right now. You don't know if Alex Smith is going to play. I guess, I, I guess being questionable, it's a good chance he's going to play. Normally when players are questionable, there's a good chance they're going to play. We'll see when Thursday, Friday come up and see where, where he's at. But, yeah, I, I think that's my that's my concern right now. Because if Dwayne comes in, then I really, you know, I because, I, you know, Dwayne just hasn't been – and it's mainly been him. You know, at first I was – didn't really understand why Ron Ron was doing what he what he was doing, but I heard it was some in locker room stuff. He was, he you know he still had to mature, you know, and it was some uh, uh, on pra- on the practice field, some things he just was doing or saying and whatnot. You know, teammates didn't really like. Mm-hmm. I still think you know Ron Rivera did some, some, you know, he still went a little bit too extra with it, but I think it's more Dwayne that needs to get to to you know he needs to mature a little bit more. You know, so they can trust them because, you know, obviously playing the most important position on the field is, you know, obviously important. So, but yeah, either QB, I think they'll have a better chance, obviously, with Alex. But even if Alex come in, I just think Seattle's going to be able to put up. They're going to be able to get more points on the board. And I think eventually, I think it's going to be a close game all the way up to like the very end. You know, I really do. Really? I think the line's going to, I think, I, I think it, not, not the very end, like the last five minutes, but I think like, into the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, I think that's when Seattle's really going to start pulling away. 
Because I just, like Jordan said, with the weapons, it's just going to be tough, you know, with them trying to keep up. But that, again, that defensive line, though, Jonathan Allen, you, you, Jerron Payne, Chase Young that we talked about, they're, they're going to get after it. They're going to they're gonna have a few sacks. Russ is going to – he's going to get sacked at least probably, you know, at least three times, you know. But I just think eventually they're going to come up with ways to get points on the board. So, yeah, give me uh, 31 Seattle and 24 Washington. Yeah. Interesting. So I definitely have Seattle in this one. Um, wow, definitely? I think it's definitely. I, and here's why. There's just, when I'm looking at the questionable, the players list of questionable players. So let's say Alex Smith is out. Dwayne Haskins is in. So that leads me to think, hmm, well, who on our offense besides McLaurin can sort of not just aid Haskins, but also lead Haskins? And besides McLaurin, I look to Gibson. Well, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he's questionable too. And turf toe is not something that just, I've had it. Reverse turf toe. And it's not something that, I mean... If he has a high pain tolerance and he's like, look, I'm good to go. But every single time he, he does anything, he's going to feel that toe. And I don't know if I, – I just don't think given that circumstance – because I'm just ruling Alex Smith out right now, okay? So I'm going with Haskins. Who, who's going <laughs> to get us on the level of Russ? Mm, no he, he'll definitely be the best QB that y'all and, play. And my, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's not that I don't have faith in our defense. Our defense, I'm actually really excited to see our defense mm-hmm. make yeah. Russ, gosh, I hate to say it, but like even better because he's going to be challenged. And I think we're going to see some awesome things out of Russ. My thing is, can our defense, or actually can our offense, be on the field long mm-hmm. enough to not tire out this amazing defense? That's true. I That's just don't know. So I didn't even have us scoring 20. I mean, 17. But I think it all depends. We have to start really well, and that's not something we really do, especially on offense even with Alex Smith starting. So that makes me really nervous about this game. We're not going to come back on the Seahawks. I just don't see that happening. And as much momentum as we have going into this game, this mm-hmm. might be one that gets away from us. That's a good point too. Cause like the, with how much they're on the field, then also having to chase Russ around. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, you can get to him. Maybe. You can make him run, but he can run. So uh, I just am looking at our defense being fine until the offense can't help them out, and then it's a wrap for us. And I I, I don't even have a score for the Seahawks because, like I said, if our defense gets tired, well, you know, 44-17, I don't know. Like, I'm not – 
holding my breath for it. You know, if it happens, great. Five in a row, like I'm wrong again. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know that that Gibson being out, Alex Smith being like, eh, I don't know about that offense. Yeah, that's a good point. That that's my whole concern. I think the defense. I think they're going to be fired up. But I think once the you know once it get into that that second half, Seattle gonna start pulling away. Yeah, hopefully we make it a good game. That's pretty much all I'm asking for. But I'm not counting on it to be honest this week, guys. I'm really not even close. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to that Sunday night game with the Saints and the Chiefs. Who do you guys, well, hmm. what do you guys see as a key to take the win on this one? I'd say, honestly, there's, I don't see a path with this Taysom Hill led offense where the Saints can beat the Chiefs. I really, I just don't. Horrible. I mean, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, there's he's he's not Taysom Hill is a guy. He's a guy you draw <laughs> up a play for. He's not a guy that can just go play. You know what I mean? That's a good. That's a good point. You 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 have like okay, we got this one play where we're gonna catch him this way, and then Taysom can do A, B, maybe C. You know, he's not a dude like you can't just put him in at one position and expect him to excel over the course mm-hmm. of a game, over the course of multiple games. He's right. not. And when that offense, but and then the fact that he's the thing that even shocks me even more, right? You saw Drew Brees out there who is who can't move around like Taysom, right? He's not as talented as Tate as Taysom when it comes to just being athletic athletic ability, right? He doesn't have that type of that type of stature, right? But Brees understands like giving the ball to Alvin Kamara in space on time and to let him do stuff really helps this offense <laughs> right? and it doesn't seem like Taysom Hill understands that this dude will like make the wrong read look short first rather than reading from high to low oh there's Alvin but what if something's open up deep and then he'll look deep oh it ain't and then Alvin's out of the short read and then now he's hanging onto the ball too long and he's getting sacked like I, I just don't see a way they can beat the Chiefs the Chiefs yeah. are are literally like I can't remember if I was talking about it on one of the podcasts. I'm pretty sure I did. I'd watched that new Terminator remake not that long ago. With the new one in the future. You know, it was whatever. It was cool. It was a Terminator movie. It was dope. But Mahomes and the Chiefs remind me of that Terminator. In the sense of like, ooh, we just went up 14. What's he going to do now? He's going to mm-hmm. reform and he's going to come back after you again. Mm. That's what he's right. going to do. He's like like Jason Voorhees. I know Josiah, you, we've talked about, you know, you're a big, huge fan of Jason, right? Mm-hmm. You could do whatever to Jason. Guess what he's going to do? Get up and go try to kill you again. And yep. he's probably going to do it. Stop. This is Mahomes. <laughs> this is this is what these dudes do. Like, this is, this is the Chiefs. You can't, you really just can't, you could play the game right. So many things have to go right for you to beat them. And right. then you can't just reference this Dolphins game even last weekend as another example. Mm-hmm. Dolphins mm-hmm. doing well. Everything's looking good. And then, boom, reverse to Tyree Kill. He's in the end zone. Boom, deep pass, 75 yards, Tyree Kill. Boom, punt return by Miko Hardman. Now you're down by 17. Yeah. I, I mean, just like that. Quickly. And, and I don't see the, the Saints having anything close to that type of firepower to be able to match KC. I just don't. Yeah. 
Great uh, Jason Voorhees reference. I, I like that. <laughs> yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I agree. I, I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs winning this one. <clears throat> I just think, you know, uh, Taysom was exposed. I mean, we already was talking about, you know, him not being the – we didn't even think he would be second string when we talked about, you know, when Jay, uh, James Winston got picked up and they had him over there. We thought Taysom Hill would for sure be third string. I mean, that's just how much we think of him. We don't really think much of him. So he's, he's, he's come in and he's played well at times, but you brought up a really good point, Jordan, that, you know, he's more of a player that you draw a play for, for and not go out and actually make plays on his own. Yep. And, and that's, that's definitely, that's the case. That's really is the case. And guess who's drawing up the plays? One of the best head coaches and, and, and um, offensive gurus in the league, you know, and probably ever in Sean Payton. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. And that's why it works. And so, and since he's, you know, he's mobile, he could do a lot of different things, but he does nothing great, you know? And like you said, you know, his, his vision and knowing where, where and when to go to the ball, especially with um, the the running back is, you know, it, it, it just shows you, you know, they're missing Drew Brees and obviously they're not really worried. I mean, cause they know they're going to be in the playoffs. I know they want that number one seed, but I, I think they feel okay what they can do with Taysom and they feel good that they're going to be in there in the playoffs, obviously. So they, they want Drew Brees to be healthy and they know they got a chance, even if they're on the road. So, but yeah, I, I just think with this game right here, man, the chiefs is just, they're a little bit, they're, they're too much. They're too much. And like you said, it's crazy. I was watching, I was watching majority of that game, Miami versus the Kansas city chiefs. And, you know, like you said, it was a, a couple mess ups from, from Patrick Mahomes, but you just knew, like you never – I never felt like Miami was going to win that game. I never I never felt that, you know, even with the, the turnovers and, and them being able to get some points off the turnovers. It just – you never felt like they was, they was out of it because Andy Reid and that offense, they, they just have too many – they have too many weapons. You know, there's so many different things they can do, and they're so fast. They're a fast offense. It's not like they're – you know, they could just do one thing really good or two things very good. They could do a lot of things good and do it fast and put them, like you said, next thing you know, you look up, wow, we're down 17 points or 24 points or whatever. You know, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. That's, that's KC for you. And that's what's going to happen here. I just think, and we've just seen with Philadelphia, more credit to Philadelphia because the defensive line really woke up and Jalen Hurts and just the offensive play call, everything really woke up with that team. But at the same time, the Saints was exposed. It was that was bound to happen. One of these games with Taysom Hill, somebody mm-hmm. was gonna, you know, be able to do it to expose that offense. Do you and guys? That's Sorry, go on. No, oh, no, no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, that's I was just gonna say that's what happened last week. So I expect nothing different here. I know Chris Jones and them, and they had it's crazy because that KC defense is actually playing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So you know they yeah, have they some are. talent. Yeah, yeah, they have some talent too. So yeah, I got KC man, easy. So adding on to what you just said, Taysom Hill was exposed, right? Is this the week we see Jameis? No. No. Too soon? Too soon? It should be. Oh, it might. So. I feel like it could be. It could be, honestly. Because, um, because look, because I mean, we know Jameis, he might throw some turn, but he's going to throw that rock around. He's going to throw it deep. And you got to keep up with this chief opposite. You're not doing that with Taysom Hill. That's right. That's why I thought about that. I, I can see it going either way, only because, like, part of me thinks Sean Payton has is using Taysom be, in this way because so many people said he couldn't. And it's almost ah. like a challenge to himself, whether or not it's the right move or not. I mean, we all agree Taysom is not the guy. We all agree with that. 
Right. But I think Sean Payton, whether or not he may even know that himself, but want to be like, let me just show you guys what I can do with him. That might be something Sean is thinking about just for the course of the regular season. I honestly think he knows even with the only reason I don't think he, he wouldn't do it is because he knows even with Jameis or he feels confident that even with Jameis, you're going to get the same result. And that or it could be worse. Change. Uh, you know, not to cut you. No, I'm sorry. Not to no, cut I'm, you yeah, off. I'm good. I'm done. You know, I mean, you throw so many, you know, he's a interception machine. You know, I know some people that listen to this, they're, they're going to laugh because I, I, I stay clowning James Winston and his <laughs> interception. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just terrible, bro. I mean, he, throw, he does throw the ball. Henry's right. He throws the ball all over the field. But a lot, a lot of times, man, is going to the other team. That's just, that's you know, that's kind of just who he's been since he's been in the league. And, you know, things could get really ugly, I think. Now, i put it this way. I'll say this. If it gets to the point where they're getting blown out, then, yeah, you may see something like that. But I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if KC is going to blow them. I do think KC is going to win kind of convincingly. You know, they win by double digits. But I don't know if they're going to blow them out to the point where Sean Payton, like, you know what, shoot, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to bench you and put Jameis up in there. You know, uh, and 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 to your point, Jordan, I think with Sean Payton, I think he feels he could do more with Taysom Hill and yeah. James Winston. Although he's a better, pa- I say James is a better passer. He just turns over the ball. Oh, he's yeah. a he's a better passer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I think because of obviously his practices too, that has to say something. Because if he was lighting it up in practice, because I'm still shocked that he didn't get the nod. When Drew Brees went, I'm mm-hmm. still shocked by that, but whatever it happened, it is what it is. Uh, that says a lot about his practices as well. But I will say, I think because Sean Payton feel like he could do more with Taysom Hill than he could with Jameis. And although Jameis is a better passer, is he somebody that he feel personally mm-hmm. that he feel could go out there and you know win him a game straight up just from his, with you know with his arm because that's what he's gonna have to do. He's not gonna be he's he can't be as creative with Jameis because Jameis is just a pure passer. He's somebody to sit in the pocket, could scramble here and there and throw the ball deep. But as far as doing all the little creative plays and things like that just to get some points on the board or to get the chains moving, you know, Sean Payton probably he could feel like he could do a better job with Taysom on that. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh what's your score, Josiah? Oh, man. I just feel like every score has got to be high because that's just it's just how it's been. We know the Chiefs got to be high in this one. I mean, the Saints defense is coming along, but I mean, it's the Chiefs. Yeah, but they that defense is good. Although last week it was, you know, um, I'm going to say I'll say 20. No, I'll say 30. I'll say 30. Casey. And I don't know. Seemed like I picked twenty four the last few times. Uh, thirty to twenty. Okay. Okay. Thirty. Thirty to twenty. Henry, what you seeing in this game? Yeah, I see Casey, uh, Casey taking this pretty convincingly. Honestly, I don't. Just I remember we we. We spoke about it a week, so it, they're just on another level right now. It just seems like they are just that offense, at least. Um, it really it's just so Jeez. hard to stop. Like uh, Travis Kelsey, it's like you know you know who this ball's going to on like that third and four, and Travis still they still are able to find the ball to get the get the ball to Travis Kelsey. He's just 
that dominant right now at the tight end position. Um, just like you guys spoke about with Taysom Hill, he, that's why I think they should just start Jameis' game. Desai, you're right. He is going to turn over that ball, but I think he's, you know, even when he was with the Bucks, he'll serve that ball, but he'll still put up at least 24 or 28 points, you know, with that with that offense. And that's with them to him giving up about two uh, interceptions. So, in my opinion, at least with Jameis, you'll have a shot. Yeah. Of staying with the same, uh, with the Chiefs, I'm sorry. But with, with Taysom, I don't see that at all. I, I don't. He can't, you know, he's he's nothing to be scared about with, with his arm. Of course, yeah, they all have a little read options here and there. Yeah, he might get his yards here and there. But the Chiefs, are, I honestly think they'll catch on to that and then stop that eventually in the game. So I, I honestly don't see this game being close at all. Like, because they were able, you know, they were barely able to to, to to stop the the Eagles like that. You know what I'm saying? And Patrick Mahomes is way, way, way above what the Eagles brought to the table. So I'm, I'm going to give it pretty convincingly. I'm, I'm going to say 34-14. Thirty four fourteen. Okay. I didn't I didn't give a score on mine. I'm gonna go give me thirty-three to twenty, because we have seen thirty-three twenty I'll go even thirty-three twenty-four. We've seen the Chiefs just take their foot off the gas a lot. A lot and we saw that in the in the in the Bucks game. And we've seen that before and just, you know, random fluky plays, whatever. And I'm gonna give the Saints D that much credit. But I, I do like that point you brought up. Henry about how Jameis puts you in that if there is a path with Jameis it's not likely but there is a path with Jameis to bring you to at least being in contention late in the game to be able to match the Chiefs because it's points that you need when you're playing against the Chiefs and that's what Jameis is more likely to put up Taysen is more likely to put up yards but ultimately at the end of the day like we're all in we're all in agreement like this Chiefs team is just on a whole nother level and a whole nother plane than this Saints team so yeah, for sure, for sure. Next up, though, we're going to get to where we think the Saints and other teams finish within this NFC playoff race. We did the AFC playoff picture, which is a lot tougher and really is where the powerhouses reside is over there. But nonetheless, we're going to have to have these seven teams within the NFC playoffs go ahead and go at it. And as we look at the current standings right now, Green Bay sits at the top. 10 and 3. The Saints with the same record are in second place. The tiebreaker goes to Green Bay from that early primetime game where Aaron Rodgers went nuts on them. The Rams have the third seed. Fourth seed goes to the NFC East division leaders. Brandy's Washington football team. Seattle at in fifth place right now. So the playoffs started today. We would have Washington and Seattle playing in what's the game we just previewed that's going to be occurring to going to be occurring on Sunday. So that's pretty cool. You're going to get to see that little one. The other six, the sixth team is going to Tampa Bay. And then the seventh seed would also go to the third NFC West representative in the Cardinals who sit at seven and six. Henry, I'm going to start with you. What is your seven coming out of the NFC? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Green Bay. I'm going to go New Orleans. I think they'll still get in it. I have the Rams. That that last for the division with the Cowboys and Giants and Washington and Eagles. What's the Eagles record right now? Four and eight. Hmm. Well, you know, we can already eliminate the Cowboys. Cowboys not, yeah, Cowboys not gonna make it. Washington and then Giants. Yeah. I think it's gonna come down between those two, personally. Washington yeah. Giants, I'm with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Washington. I'm gonna go Washington there just because of 
the staff. Yeah, and, and, and Ron Rivera. I just saw you up there. I like think Ron Rivera is going to have his team better prepared than Joe Judge. That's just how I honestly believe. For my wild cards, I will go Seattle, of course, will still get in there. Hmm. I honestly think it's going to stand as is right now. Tampa Bay and Arizona. I don't, Minnesota, I don't think they're going to get it. Chicago, no. And of course, we, you know, Detroit not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to keep it how it's how it is right now with the with the one through seven right now. I'm going to keep it as is. Okay. So I'm going to so go Green Bay with a one seed. Two seed will be New Orleans. Then we got the we got the Rams. We got Washington. And then of course Seattle because you know they're, they're going to be with that right there in that division. So I'll be think they'll be the first wild card team. I'll give Tampa Bay in there as well, and then I'll go Arizona as well. Arizona division. Uh, that, that one NFC division will have three teams with Arizona, Rams, mm-hmm. and um, Seahawks. So, yeah, it was talked. It, it was talked about earlier in the year that the NFC West is going to be just a showdown, and then throughout the course, of like the, when Seattle hit their kind of a little bit of a skid, we saw mm-hmm. Kyler necessarily run out of some steam, and mm-hmm. the Rams they've had their games where they've just looked completely flabbergasted. To where then the question was, wow, is this division as advertised? But now as the season's looking to really end and like come to a close, we're seeing that division still have a lot of representatives in the postseason when we all play it out. Josiah, would do you have anything different? What, what's your seven looking like? You know what? I actually it's funny because I was going to say the same thing. You know, I was looking at it and I got it as it stands. I, you know, I want to put the Vikings in there, you know, just to, you know, I'm just with you, man, I'm with you. But they play, but they play the Saints in a couple weeks, yep. and I and the Saints are still, you know, they're still fighting for that top spot. So I don't see them really benching their starters or anything like that. And then Drew Brees may come back by that time, I, you know. So I'm a little. That's the only thing I have. I want to put the Vikings there, but then I look at who's ahead of them. I mean, Buccaneers. I still think the Buccaneers are going to finish off. They'll, they'll. I think they'll keep their spot. And in Arizona. I think they'll keep it, you know. I I think they'll keep their spot, you know. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings. I got to look at the Arizona Cardinals, the rest of their schedule here. Philly, San Francisco, and the Rams. Oh yeah, see, I don't know. And maybe maybe the Vikings because I thought okay because the Vikings got the Lions at the last week. They got they the got Lions. they got Lions, Tigers, and Bit. No, I'm kidding. They got, <laughs> <laughs> they got the Bears. They got the Saints, and then they got the Lions. Right, right. So, yeah, um, their schedule. I don't know. Then, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Vikings. I'm gonna say the Vikings. I it's like the it. last, obviously, the last little hope I'm gonna have for this team, man. I picked them to go to the to the NFC Championship game to meet with Seattle. Seattle, I still believe is gonna get there, but the Vikings may not get there. But I'm gonna say they get to the playoffs. So replace the seventh team, Arizona, with the Vikings. Okay. I wouldn't bet on it. Definitely wouldn't bet on it, but I'll, I'll go ahead and re, re uh, replace those two. But my the other ones, are the the six, yeah, Packers, Saints, Rams. You know what? Uh, the fourth one, I'm I'm gonna stick with the Giants. I know I said the Giants last week. I'm I'm gonna stick or two whenever it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'm I think it was Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna stick with them and say the Giants. But the Washington, you, I mean, the way they're playing right now. The way that defensive line is is really getting after it, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's them. But I do like the Giants' D line too. They're they're nowhere near like the Washington football team's D line. But 
I definitely like their D-line. Leonard Williams is he's balling. Yeah, he's balling, man. He's 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 balling. So shout out SC, the squad, you know. But yeah, he's um he's balling. Defensive line is playing pretty well. Not like Washington's, but I'm gonna stick to what, you know, I'm gonna stick to who I picked earlier. So I uh, replaced that that team with the Giants. So I got Packers, Saints, Rams, Giants, Seattle, Buccaneers, and Vikings. Okay. 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 I like that one. The Giants path, they they could even drop one as long as Washington also drops one because they have that tiebreaker over them currently as it stands right now. So if they – just the way that it would also end out with – with because they I think they split in the regular season, but it would also come down to in-division record. And if Washington manages to drop one of their remaining games – and the Giants, even let's say like the Giants got this, they got a game against the Browns. That's going, going to be tough. We're going to preview that one when it comes up right before mm-hmm. the Monday night, the Monday show, Monday morning show drop. But they also mm-hmm. play Henry's Ravens and they can lose that game considering that we all already thinking that the football team loses to Seattle. And if those things happen and they win their other games, then it's going to be the Giants that end up sliding in there with that lead if both teams sit there at seven and nine when the playoffs come about. Mm-hmm. But overall, just with the way the schedule is shaking out, the Giants, as I said, I like that team better. I'm, I'm with you there. Defensive line is solid. Not quite as good as Washington's, but I like their back seven better. I like their back seven better than Washington's. And I think if their schedule was the same, which we never know, which we know is never the case in the NFL, it's not just simply, you know, you got three games, you got three games. It's, it's completely different teams you're playing against. You, you're, you're carving out your own path. Right. And so, but I, I do think Washington is the team just because of the schedule that the Giants got to deal with is the team that ends up taking the NFC East. And I also have it boiling out the way it is, just like you do, Henry. The only difference, though, is that I have the seating flipped a little bit. That's the only difference. As it stands right now, the Rams are the fifth seed. By the time I think the season, or the, excuse me, Seattle is the fifth seed. By the time the season ends, I got the Rams taking that fifth seed and Seattle jumping up into third, just the way that it's all going to shake out. So I would have it, number one is Green Bay getting that first round by finishing at 13 and three. The Saints, I have finishing at 12 and four, having the two seed playing against the Cardinals at home in week one. I have then Seattle taking the NFC West sitting at 12 and four hosting Tampa at home and then Washington at seven and nine hosting the 11 and five Rams at home. That's how I have it boiling down. And it's crazy with the way this all, the way this all breaks out. There's the two teams that are still kind of have a chance to go into that seven seed. Like you brought up Josiah, the Vikings are right there. Mm. Their path is that a, their path is very similar to the bears. Both of these teams have to win out and then they need the Cardinals to be able to drop one of their next three. If that happens, whichever team can win out between the Vikings and the Bears and then having the Cardinals lose one, they sneak into that seventh seed. And it's really interesting because the Bears and the Vikings play each other this Sunday. So you NFC North guys, that's going to be a really, really important game. And I know the Vikings have had a lot of their woes, but and you got Trubisky or whatever quarterback's going to, it's going to be Trubisky, but we've seen them have their QB woes that simply just can't complement the defense that they got over there in Chicago. So that's going to be another underrated game to go ahead and check out. But the thing, the way this all shakes down, I mean, we're guys, we're going to have an AFC team at 10 and six. That's boxed out of the playoffs. No, 
like the Browns could be, our Raiders could be, right? The Titans could be, maybe the, maybe the Colts. Like it's it's just it's this is we we talked about earlier. This is it's just so much more slanted towards the AFC right now, mm-hmm. just the favor of teams. One question before we get out of here. Uh, I'll start with you, Henry. Who do you have as the one team that you could see beating the Chiefs in the entire league right now? Mm. That's a good question. And then you say in the in in the, in the entire, entire league? league, if there's one, like because we have talked about, the Chiefs are on their own plane right now. There's one team out there that you think has the best chance of beating them, who is it and why? That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> well, I have to throw a team out there. I got a team. Go ahead, Doug. What's yours? Oh, man. This team right here is almost fully complete if this, if this QB can be a little bit more consistent because he's been a little inconsistent. The Rams. The Rams, like man. okay, all right. Uh, you know that 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 defensive front. We've been talking about it over the last few weeks. That secondary is playing a lot better. We talked about actually the whole defense playing a lot more sound this year than last year. Actually, over the last couple of years, you know. Um, and I like Wade Phillips, but the guy they got over there now, he's really he's he's really got that defense playing. And that offense is back, man. They're, I mean, they have their struggles here and there, but you just, you know, Sean McVay is going to dial up some stuff. You know, he's definitely going to dial up some stuff. He loves to run the football, which is something you really want in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, you know. And then, uh, yeah, if Jared Goff could just, you know, if if he can play consistent enough, I think they could do it. I think they could do it. And they could be beat. The Chiefs can be had I you know um they're tough they are tough but I think they can be beat but I would I would say the Rams if I had to pick right now because I would go with the team that has that defensive front to really get after Patrick Mahomes and when you look at it and then a team that can put up points because that's what you're gonna have to do you know we just talked about Miami how you can get to Patrick and get him to turn the ball over and things like that but you got to be able to keep up with the points and I, I think the Rams could. Okay. I think they could slow down the Chiefs enough and be able to keep up in points. Okay. I, I like that's that's I didn't expect that one, but I mean I do think the Rams are as far as having a team out, you know, that's that's just got they got a good defense, they got a good offense. Mm-hmm. That, that that's really them. And then you got another coach who can basically, you know, put them in position to do so. I like that one. Henry, do you, do you got a do you got a team that you, or if you had to pick one, who'd you slot in there? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Buffalo. Buffalo is playing really strong as of late. They got a great coaching staff over there. Sean McDermott, he's having that defense play better now, and yeah. Josh Allen has been playing playing really exceptional too. So, and they have just like what Josiah alluded to, they can keep up with the points, and I think their defense is playing just well enough to get those couple, maybe one or two stuff that they need to win the football game. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Buffalo. I like it. Buffalo was my answer as well. Buffalo was my answer as well, and for the same things you said. And I think, and I think both those teams, Rams and the Bills, they both match up pretty well with those Chiefs because I mean, you have someone who's, you know, Jalen Ramsey. You can put on Tyree Kill, and that'll be pretty solid. 
Trey White, while this hasn't necessarily been the year we're used to from him, he still does have that ability. And then you have that combo of safeties between Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer that you can kind of use one of them or both of them with Tyreek Hill and maybe mix up to help out with with uh, with Travis Kelsey. And so, yeah, those, those are two teams I, I really like right there. My initial answer would have been Buffalo. And yeah, it's it's the fact that we are at this juncture right now. And knowing that there's still so much more football left to be played is what makes this next few weeks interesting. There's 48 games left in the regular season and a total of some 281 million different possible outcomes that could shape this postseason. So keep it locked right here with Cover Zero. We appreciate y'all listening. We're going to catch y'all Monday. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements. CoverZeroPodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like us by supporting our Facebook page. You can find us at Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide. And if you want more exclusive content, feel free by clicking join when you want into the SSAW family by typing in Specialized Sports Analysis Worldwide Group. See you next week.